Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about the sun moving through the third decan of Aries. Hope that you're all doing well out there. Today we're going to discuss the sun's movement through 20 degrees of Aries, all the way up until it ingresses into Taurus. Uh, this is happening from April the 9th to April the 19th. We will take a look at a few aspects that the sun is making as the light of the mind that is bringing awareness to different areas of our life. We have a sextile with Mars during this decanic transit, a sextile with Jupiter, a square with Pluto, and then Mercury will be Kazemi at the very end of the cycle. So let's dive into it here. Hope that you're all hanging in there out there and that life is treating you well. I've been taking a little break lately. I've been feeling a little... A little burnout. So I've been trying to rest up, but I hope that you're all hanging in there and being able to go about your business as well as you can, despite the circumstances. And I'll try to break it down for you as best I can here. Um, so <clears throat> what we are looking at here, again, we had this ingress on April the 9th, which was last Friday. Um, I'm recording this on Tuesday the 13th, so I'm, I'm a little late late in the game here, but today we have the first aspect, so we didn't really miss any, we didn't really miss, miss any big aspectual things with the sun yet. Um, the sun's condition, <clears throat> excuse me, the sun is in its exaltation in the third decan of Aries. It also has triplicity dignity as the daytime uh, ruler of the fire signs. So a very dignified sun, this is kind of the some of the the best sun uh, weather, I guess we could say, as far as uh, astrology dignity goes, that we'll have for quite some time, and uh, we'll we'll see how it all plays out. the The host of the sun right now is Mars, and uh, that is uh, a position where Mars is able to see its uh, its guest right now. One of the things I wanted to talk about before we kind of dive into the the meat of this is that I, I attended a very good webinar um, through Nightlight Astrology from a gentleman named Martin Hermes, and he broke down uh, the houses and the signs and planets in the signs and rulership and, and so many other things. He is a disciple of Robert Schmidt, very knowledgeable, very, very good astrologer, very experienced um, packs a lot of information into his slides. That's my only very, very minor gripe with this, that his slides have just um, more stuff than I can process in the moment. I'll have to watch his webinar a few times to be able to absorb everything that he was putting out there, um, which is okay. It, sometimes we're not always meant to absorb everything the first time through. I would highly recommend rec checking out his YouTube channel, though. I believe it's under Martin Hermes. Um, but he was talking about some really interesting stuff in regards to Hellenistic astrology. And I wanted to kind of share some of that and maybe just um, contextualize it and, and maybe pare it down to what I found the most useful from that webinar. And I, I think I want to begin with just talking about how um, when we think about a domicile ruler versus an exaltation ruler, this was the biggest, one of the biggest things that I got out of this talk with Martin. And um, I think it's important because we are talking about the sun as the exaltation ruler of Aries. Now, in his description of these dignified characters, 
he described the exaltation ruler as kind of the owner of the estate, uh, which which is interesting to me. I I'm, I'm, don't know if I've thought about it completely in that way before. And he, he described the domicile ruler as like the butler or somebody who is in charge of the day-to-day -day things. Um, and this is very uh, poignant for what we're seeing here because we have the, the owner of the estate in his own territory right now. So sometimes we will let, let the, the domicile ruler provide what he calls the, the clay and whatever planet is in the house or in the temple or in the sign uh, is going to be providing, um, is, is thought of as the potter. This was a cool metaphor that he said, like planet in the sign is the potter and the planet that is providing resources, either the domicile ruler or the exaltation lord, is the clay itself. And um, this was this was a, a, a real mind bender for me. I liked I liked how he described that, and I think that it made a lot of sense, especially when if you are looking at it from a Hellenistic perspective, and you have planets that are in aversion to one another. Okay, which means that if there is a planet on either side of a conjunction or either side of an opposition. Uh, that is where a planet cannot see either its host or the clay or whatever it is it's trying to work with. And in Hellenistic astrology, that was a really a bad thing. That was something where, you know, there wasn't an ability for the planet that was visiting a sign to carry out its its duty because it didn't have any materials to work with, if we think about it in that that potter and clay metaphor. Um and one of the, th the things that he answered as a question for me that I thought was really brilliant was I asked him what happens when you're, the, the butler isn't home, basically, right? Where he's not able to witness the planet. And he says, well, the, then the exaltation lord takes over and that the exaltation lord becomes who is providing the resources for, for the planet that is visiting that sign. Uh, and that was, that was um, very useful for me. I have a number of planets that have aversions to their host, even my the helm of my ascendant in the 12th house. And uh, he even took it a step further because <laughs> like, I have a, I'm a Leo ascendant with a, the sun, the 12th. And because Leo does not have an exaltation Lord, um, my question was, what happens then? What do you do then? And he was like, well, look for a planet that is witnessing that particular house via a whole sign aspect and potentially witnessing the other planet that was responsible for what was going on in that house. So like, you know, a very short example, I have the sun in the 12th and the moon in the 10th. So the moon might be playing an intermediary role because it is witnessing both my first house and my 12th house. And it is kind of maybe taking, um, I don't know, not orders, but is kind of the go-between with the sun and my first house. And I thought that was really really cool. And I want you to try to play with that in your chart. And I'm going to try to play with that concept in some of these videos moving forward um, and see if it, if it, if it really rings true, if it's a, if it's a take that, that sticks. And uh, I'm like, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's, uh, it works. I just, I like to test things out and we'll test it out as we go along here. So with that being said, we do have an instance where the sign of Aries right here is hosting, okay, this, this estate is hosting Mercury, the Sun, and Venus. So there's a, there's a whole gathering of, 
of uh, celestial deities in the same place right now. And their host, Mars, is in Gemini and is making a whole sign sextile to all three of those planets, providing the clay that they are working on. And they're each going to work on them in a different way. It's gonna, they're going to work on the, what is Mars is providing in a slightly different way. The sun is going to provide awareness of what Mars is providing, okay? Like it is going to try to administrate. It is going to try to be like the king. It's going to uh, be a leader. Um, it is the organ of perception, all right? So it, it is also about like a vitality-producing spirit. It is something that is going to shine its light on a situation. This is what I've really thought, come to think of the sun as, is it's really you know, making us completely aware of what is going on in a certain area of our life. And with the sun being in these third decan of Aries, we're shining a light on how we are going to gain a following and where our passions lie. This is a, a uh, Venus ruled decan that is, you know, has some significations with the four of wands. We, we can see this here. It's a celebration and because Venus is in her exile, it's not it's not the most fun place for Venus, but it's kind of like trying to win over a hostile crowd, I've said in, in previous videos. And I'm not going to go too deep into Aries 3 today, but I, I, I did want to just review that for you here. If you want to get a real deep dive on Aries 3, I look at both my Venus and Aries 3 video and my new moon live stream, because I did go into depth with some of the mythology and the stories around Aries 3 and Eros in particular with those videos. Um, but yeah, Austin Coppett calls this deck in a bur the burning rose. Book T says this is the perfected work. Toth calls it the Lord of completion. So we, we've gone through this journey with Aries trying to create uh, territory for ourselves that is sovereign, free, uh, separated from the previous um, group that we may have been tied up with or, or reliant on. Maybe it was a parent figure. Maybe it was a group of people that we are a part of. And we've been striking out and trying to find our own individual way of, you know, putting our energy out into the world. And this is really the last phase of that in this, you know, 10 day, you know, period that we're experiencing here with Aries 3. And this is the period that you've, you've made the separation in Aries 1. You figured out what, what you are and what you are not. In Aries 2, you are organizing that new world and making, I, I like to call it like royal decrees. <laughs> I was talking about that with Mercury in the second decan of Aries recently. I, I, I actually posted a, a little, little tongue-in-cheek joke. There's a Magic the Gathering card called Royal Decree, and I used a picture from that in, to describe this decan. And it's true, like you're kind of stating your case, you're stating what you will or will not accept as far as your own personal freedom is concerned. I know that just as Mercury had ingressed into the second decan of Aries, I made my own royal decree in my new moon live stream. <laughs> I'm laughing because it was at the, you know, I recorded that at the balsamic moon phase and, and I was really, really tired. I just, I just had been grinding away and I kept it really together emotionally for the first half of the live stream. And then I just started, it was like, 
the moon was actually in Pisces. It wasn't actually the new moon yet. And all my filters were gone and all my, all my, all my, um, uh, all the boundaries between like, you know, what you're trying to say to be, uh, centered and all of that. It just went out the window. And I was like, I was just feeling really emotional because I was feeling upset about the, the COVID situation here in Michigan, which is pretty, pretty brutal right now. Um, I was feeling upset about, you know, a number of things like a friend that was, whose parents were getting sick and just a lot of things like that. And I was feeling that um, frustrated and disappointed that uh, we weren't making, that some people, that some people weren't making more of a concerted effort to think of the public good or the communal good and kind of made my own second decan Mercury and Aries royal decree about how I felt about that. And I wonder, tell me in the comments, did you, have you made any royal declarations in the last week or so uh, as far as saying, this is what I believe and, and you know, you can take it or leave it. <laughs> that feels like the energy of that type of thing right now. Um, I'm seeing that a lot on, on social media and Facebook and all that. Like people are kind of trying to state their case very strongly. And, and that's important because, you know, the, the sun is, we're moving into a Kazemi moment with Mercury and the sun. Mercury will move into uh, the third decan pretty soon, which will change the vibe of our communication a little bit. And I'll take you through a day by day process with this, but I just wanted to point that out that, that, that was something that has been coming up in my experience and just to circle back around to what we may be trying to accomplish during this period of time uh mars is remember mars and martine hermes description is the material that we are working with and venus is going to work with that material in a way that is trying to bring harmony and trying to um you know increase our attractiveness around it or harmonize or bring things together, Mercury is going to contest and is going to try to communicate and go between worlds and boundaries. And again, the sun is going to shine the light of awareness and try to create vitality, uh, try to administrate from that position. So Mars right now is moving through the third decan of Gemini. And we've talked about this in another video that, that I think I've been getting some really nice feedback on because it felt like a very inspired video at the time. And um, we, we were looking at the third decan of Gemini as being represented by the Ten of Swords. And I talked a lot about the need to make a choice. We're getting to the point with Mars right now where the clay that Mars is providing is there are so many, pro, there's so much proliferation going on in different directions that we could head in that we feel a sense of overwhelm. And Mars is asking us to make a, a severance and a separation and to cut out some of those options. And we, we almost like we're required to do it. It's like, it's go time. You've got to make a choice. You cannot stay in this ambiguity and this exploration phase anymore. I had a really nice talk with a, with a client the other day about Mars in general and Gemini. Um, and we talked a lot about making a choice and about uh, the need to really have to choose a direction because this card really suggests that if you don't make a choice now, it's almost like the choice will be made for you. And 
I think it's much, much easier to internalize that process and to do it consciously. I think that one of the ways that we can work with the planets in the different signs, in the different decans, uh, in the different relationships to one another is to use our organ of perception, the sun, our awareness, to be able to understand what is required of us in that moment. It's sort of a stoic position. It's sort of a uh, Taoist uh, Wu Wei type of position where we are kind of flowing with the, the quality of the time that we are given. It doesn't mean that we do nothing. It doesn't mean that we just become victims of circumstance, but it is a, a, the way that I like to think about it is we are becoming co-creators co with the material that we've been given, right? Because this brings us back to Martine Hermes' talk about the potter and the clay. So with the sun in, in Aries, you need to become aware of what you need to do to create a following for the new territory that you've established to win over maybe somebody that either disagrees with you or potentially just to state the benefits of your position and then people can choose to follow or not. I think that's more how this is going to work. I I've had a lot of really interesting conversations lately about different positions on, on well, I, and I, I don't want a, a whole huge discussion of this. Like I, I've been seeing other people say, state this as well. <laughs> like it's not really, I've come to my decision, but I've had a lot of talks about uh, the vaccine lately. And um, I've had a lot of people that have stated their case passionately about why to get it. And they've, I've seen a lot of people that have been stating equally as passionately why we shouldn't get it. And um, each side feels very passionate about it. And um, I have to admit, I, I'm nervous. I'm, I feel, I think there's healthy skepticism that comes along with something like this. I think that we've been given a lot of choices that are difficult. And I've talked, I talked in my Mars and Gemini video about difficult choices. And I've been feeling that lately. I've been feeling nervous about leaving my house more than anything else. I've been really sheltering in place for the last 14 months. I really haven't gone anywhere. I'm nervous about going out and doing anything really. Um, I'm a little bit afraid of needles. <laughs> like, and I'm nervous about the fact that, that it all feels like it's happening very quickly. Um, and that I can understand why people would, would feel some hesitation. So that was one side of the perspective. Other people have some other, there's some other people that have been giving me some arguments that are way outside the norm where the evidence they were presenting to me was from a veterinar veterinarian and a longtime conspiracy theorist. And that kind of stuff, I don't have any patience for. But like the other thing about like, well, maybe it hasn't been tested completely. Um, that I can understand. There, there was some news that came out today with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine where I they recalled it because there was some problems with it, some blood clotting problems. And that was very concerning. Um, the, all that being said, uh, I have an appointment. I have an appointment this week to have my, my vaccine. Uh, I'm scheduled to get the Pfizer vaccine and uh, I'm, you know, going to do it. And I, my reasoning is this. Here's me stating my royal decree. You can choose to agree or disagree with me. Again, I would 
I don't think we're going to have like a, a, a good discussion of it uh, in the chat. I'm just kind of stating my case for the record. Um, and if you want to follow along, that's cool. And if you don't, that's your choice too. But my reasoning is this. I think that it's a, it is a important uh, time to try to do, take actions that serve the whole right now. And this is something that has come up in the I Ching reading for this period of time. Um, the fact of the matter is, is this is a public health issue. This is something that where our actions do have an effect on each other. And my main motivation for this, besides just not wanting to get COVID and die and things like that, is that I don't want to get other people sick. If I rejoin society and I were to be a carrier for this disease and I would give it to someone that was in a more vulnerable position and because I didn't get vaccinated that that person died, that's, that is something that's just completely, that would weigh on my conscience forever, forever. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I couldn't be the person that killed my mom or, or my dad or, or my neighbors, my friends or their family. You know, I, I couldn't live with that. And I think that despite my hesitation, despite my fear, that's where the courage and the bravery to make a choice, I think, comes in. It's not an easy decision. It's not clear cut in my mind. And I've heard other people say this as well. Like, uh, I have a healthy distrust of um, politics and Western medicine sometimes too. Not to the point of like, I'm a you know, going to go, quote unquote, do my own research and, and think that I'm a vi viral uh, technician or PhD in, in viral science. <laughs> like, that's insane. These people study for like uh, decades to learn how to do this stuff. And two hours on the internet is not going to make me or anyone else an expert. So I'm going to have faith. I'm going to have faith that the people that are trying to help are genuine and true. I'm going to have faith that if I'm trying to take an action for the good of the collective, that hopefully the collective will protect me and my community. And I'm just going to see what happens. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not an easy thing. I think that the other thing that I really, really want to stress in this video today and again, I really am not trying to be controversial here. I'm just going to, I'm just putting, I'm just, you know, kind of putting the Aries energy out there and not looking for a fight. I'm just kind of stating one side and um, I've heard many other opinions. So again, uh, I think that the, the key with this from, from what I've been thinking about is I, I really believe in the greater good. And I really believe that this action in this moment is the action that will promote the greater good right now. I, I don't think that there's uh, malice that is coming from the collective right now. Um, oh, that's what I wanted to say. I was coming on a different train. The other thing I wanted to state is that I think that we all are feeling a lot of pain right now. We're all feeling a lot of frustration. Um, we're all feeling cooped up. We all want this to end. And 
we all on some level, um, the more frustrated that we get, the more we want to demonize something and something to blame. This is something that I really wanted to stress about Mars and Gemini and Gemini in general. And I did so in my Mars and Gemini video is that sometimes we can externalize uh, our own inner uh, discontent, our own shadow, and we want to make something wrong. We want somebody to be wrong. We want, we want to be able to point a finger at, you know, a, an organization, a bureaucratic organization, some conspiracy. We want to be able to point our fingers at some leader that is corrupt and things like that. And I'm not saying that those things don't exist. They do. But I also will say that sometimes we just have to recognize that challenging experiences come up for us both as individuals and for us as a community. And I think that we can see and become aware of where some of the points of corruption are and how we've gotten to this point. And then we work together to find the solution. And I think we can find the solution together without casting blame and aspersion. So I, I hope that I explain my position on that well. Um, I'm not telling you what to do. I am just kind of saying that's the choice that I've made and here's my reason behind it. Um, I really do hope that everyone is able to stay safe out there. I, I feel like uh, this is the, the action that I can do in the moment to, to keep my family safe and to keep myself safe and to keep my community safe. And um, I don't know. It's a, uh, there's a lot of grieving that's been going on in our, in our collective right now. And um, there's been a lot of loss that we've experienced, loss of, of familiarity, loss of, of actual people in our life. And it's okay to grieve that. Um, and I think that ex sometimes acceptance of what has transpired is, is the, the way forward to liberation. And it doesn't mean we want to stay in that grief forever and we don't want to be mourning forever, but it's okay to, to feel sad. It's okay to feel scared and it's okay to, um, to ask questions too. It's okay to ask questions. Um, but anyway, I wanted to put that out there. I wanted to be a little bit more transparent on this channel a little bit. That was one of the feedback that I got recently from some people in my life is that they like it when I'm a little bit more transparent about my feelings and what I'm really experiencing internally and externally. And hopefully it's something that will help you to learn and make your own choices based on the astrology. Again, I can only give you my own personal uh, experience of these transits in addition to trying to, to dissect the um, the symbolism behind them. I, I think we can be really powerful if we both have a foundation in the symbolism itself and we are coming from an experiential place as well. So hopefully you'll get grounded practical perspective here and, you know, realize that I'm not a perfect person. I don't have all the answers. I really, really don't. I'm just a guy on the internet trying to figure it out, just like all of you.
<laughs> you know, that's, the, and that's as, you know, I think that's where the humility comes in is we, we just have to realize that we're all just doing the best we can in the moment with the information that we have. And um, I hope that you and yours are able to make the choices that, that are in alignment and in service with your community and are help bring you a sense of peace as well. So let's get back to this breakdown here and talk about that choice with Mars, right? Uh, can't, can't go on any longer, like just holding the two options. You got to make a choice. And I, I, like I said, I, that, that was my experience of Mars and Gemini providing for, for all of this stuff in Aries is weighing all the different possibilities without committing to any of them. And finally, as the Mars is moving through the third decade, I had to make a commitment. An opportunity came up and I, and I took it. So if there is something in your life, and I'm not saying it has to be directly related to the pandemic or to vaccines or anything of that nature, there could be a situation though in your life where there are opportunities that are coming up now where you cannot handle all of them at once. You, ha you have to make a choice. And Again, part of the, the reason I'm making the choice that I did is that in my state, it is becoming very dangerous to go anywhere. It is, it is very, very, uh, the numbers are exploding in my state. I am in the, probably the, one of the biggest hotspots in the country right now. And that informed part of the actions that, that I'm taking. And my partner is also a frontline food provider and she works at, at a farmer's market. So one of us gets sick, everyone gets sick, and, and she needs protection. So um, anyway, so think about the clay that you need to work with. And that clay is the choice that you have to make. Okay. It's not going to be easy. It hasn't been easy. Let's go through some of these, uh, these aspects here. All right. Um, the other thing that we want to look at before we dive into that, is that we do have other planets in, in aspect with the sun. We've got um, both Saturn and Jupiter in the overcoming position. And that is providing both um, per, perhaps a wise long-range viewpoint from Jupiter and maybe the discipline necessary to think of the whole, to think of the long-range view, to not take an action impulsively. Uh, and this, this is a sextile, okay? This is a sextile that's happening between Jupiter and Saturn and the sun and all of the things that are in Aries. Again, along with the sextile that we have with the sun and Mars and Gemini. The other whole sign aspect that we have is with Pluto. We have Pluto in a square relationship to the sun, and we'll break that down when we get to that, but that's the, the one difficult thing that we're looking at here, where we have to realize that there might be some corruption in the system itself, and that there might be some, some things that are surfacing that are uh, erupting from kind of the underworld and that may have been repressed. Again, there was one, one vaccine. I could see the other side of that argument that one vaccine was starting to create some issues. Uh, the one shot Johnson and Johnson was recalled. I actually had an appointment for at a place that was going to administer that and they, they canceled it because it was deemed, um, it wasn't deemed safe. 
but that's not something that that has been reflected in both the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine. So one of the things that I am trying to work through personally that I think is very much a Sun-Pluto uh, experience is just the, the fear of making a mistake, the fear of taking any action. And I wanted to say that, that when you ch- don't choose to do something, that itself is a choice. So the key is, are you going to allow yourself to be paralyzed by fear? And again, just be not to be duplicitous about it, but both sides of this argument have been making arguments that people are living in fear and taking an action in fear. There have been people that have said, if you get the vaccine, it's out of fear. If you don't get the vaccine, it's out of fear. It's all, it's all fear-based. I'm going to blame Pluto and the sun squaring right now. I think the key, though, is, is to uh, faith can overcome fear. Faith overcomes fear. And whatever you have faith in, that can overcome the fear of whatever the outcome is that you're afraid of. And uh, I have to choose faith at this point. Choose faith, choose science. Faith and science. Those are the two things that I'm leaning on. And they don't have to be contradictory. I think that we can have faith in the universe to guide us in the, in the right direction and still uh, respect the the people that have spent their entire lives working on these um, scientific things and these, these medicines and these cures because they are trying to help people. And they have a lot more experience than me or any uh, internet sleuth. All right. So let's start going through these aspects. Sorry for the uh, digression there. But again, I'm just trying to be an authentic and sincere person on this channel and I know that I'm going to have my own failings along the way and that I'm not going to be perfect. Um, but hopefully by, by going through that process, maybe it will help you go through your own process when it comes to these aspects and things of that nature. So what we're looking at here uh, today on the 13th, which is a Tuesday, is we do have a sextile that's going on between, um, between the sun and Mars. And this is uh, the point where we are having a real strong awareness of that choice that needs to be made. And it's probably to go for it o'clock. Uh, I spent most of last night like refreshing to get appointments for me and my family. And there was a lot of stress around it. It was a lot of like, a, a, you know, kind of refresh, refresh, refresh to get an appointment because appointments are tough to come by in my area because everybody wants to, to, you know, get this over with. And I I had to kind of spring into action. And then I had more existential crisis about it, you know, today. And I think that that's the Mars uh, sun sextile, where you took an action that potentially I think is going to be uh, harmonious for, for establishing your particular position. So I took an action based on my belief and my awareness, uh, the, the, the belief and awareness that I have at this moment, and hopefully it will lead to uh, some kind of resolution one way or the other. It, it will lead to a resolution. The other thing that makes us suffer is just that stuck in that limbo phase. And I think that that's another thing that, that can be really painful and cause us to, to really have a difficult time is when sometimes you just got to make a choice. You can't overthink it. I've, I've been really 
uh, guilty of overthinking things to death to the point of not making a, a decision. And that's always left me with a sense of regret and with a sense of, um, I don't know, just, just beating the hell out of myself trying to make a decision. And uh, one thing I like, one thing that I like about uh, kind of my, my spiritual perspective and, and studying Taoist philosophy and other other philosophies that that speak to this is there are some spiritual traditions that talk about it doesn't matter what decision you make they're all going to be leading really to the same result eventually and one decision or one choice can lead you there quicker and the other choice could lead you there maybe in a more roundabout way and i've found that to be true even if i've made a choice that that is deemed a quote unquote mistake later on that will show me that uh, the choice that I want to make is very, becomes very clear, and it, it brings me a back around to that. So, it's a uh, yeah that, that that's something that I think can help us to sort of make decisions. We can weigh things as much as we you know is possible, but then eventually we just have to go for it and then learn from the experience. And um, one thing I'm really working on is. Uh, releasing, mm, releasing remnants of of uh, a previous attachment to being overly judgmental. Uh, it's hard. I, I've witnessed myself recently judging people that I think were judgmental, and I, I was laughing at the paradox of that. It's so so difficult, especially if you've got a strong Virgo presence in your chart. One of the things I've talked about with Virgo is the sense of disgust is very strong with uh, Virgo placements. And that's disgust, it, it, it serves a function. When you're trying to make a harvest, you have to be able to examine things and explore like Mercury does um, and contest things to decide what stays and what goes. And if you're go let's say you're going through a large stack of grain you have to be able to, to, to hold it up to your face and see, does it have any worms in it? And if it's disgusting, you have to be like, ew, worm, I'm going to throw this away. And if it's not, you're like, ooh, that's, that's, that's nice. I appreciate that. And you put it in the, the, the store for the winter pile. And um, I think that it's, it's very easy to get fixated on the disgust part of it rather than the appreciation part of it. And that's something I've really had to work on um, to to move forward with my own personal evolution. So one day at a time, though, it's it's not easy, not easy to do. So on the 13th, we've got that sextile with the sun and Mars. Um, we have kind of that experience with the four of wands. We're trying to come to some completion. We're trying to gain some kind of victory. But to do that, we have to just make a choice. We have to kill one of our options and just uh, accept what we've chosen and, and realize that eventually whatever choice we've made will lead, lead us to the right path eventually, okay? On the 15th, on the 15th, we have uh, the sun making a whole sign sextile to Jupiter, okay? This is a nice aspect where the choices that we make, the actions that we take, um, 
are probably going to lead to some good fortune around this period of time. I would say that what Jupiter is providing in the third decan of Aquarius is this seven of swords energy. Uh, this is a decan that talks about leaving the past behind and taking a leap, a brave leap into the unknown and potentially maybe going off into uh, new, new territory and finally leaving the past behind because you understand the, the, the big picture. So I think that Jupiter is providing us with a big picture awareness, um, potentially providing us with an awareness of what needs to happen to uh, help our communities. And that will lead to uh, some decisions that will lead to a completion and lead maybe to a celebration. Um, again, sun is, is casting awareness on what we need to do to, to bring something to a, a logical conclusion and just, just not, not, a, a you know, a, the be all end all it is. There's always many cycles where we make new starts and then bring things to completion. And then that ending is another beginning and, and so on and so forth into eternity. <laughs> I think that this, this decan is about the ending of the beginning. Okay. It's like, how can you finish the beginning that you made so that you can get to the business of building? Um, the other thing that's going on when we see the sun and, and Jupiter making this sextile is that Venus will have moved into Taurus. So we, we will have some, some assistance um, from Venus and Taurus being in its own domicile for creating peace and for you know, building the vision. We're going to move from the, the vision phase, the initiatory seed phase, into the actual getting our hands dirty and trying to, to bring spirit into matter when we get into the Taurus phase. And we'll, we'll explore that. I've got a, a Venus and Taurus video coming out either Wednesday or Thursday. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I'll do an like extensive treatment on Taurus, decan, first decan of Taurus. All right. So if we move forward another day, we have uh, on the 16th, we have the square with the sun and Pluto. And this is a challenging thing. Um, this is the one challenging aspect. This is actually the day of my appointment. I'm a little, that's the one thing that's given me pause with this uh, sun Pluto, but it may just be that there's some bureaucratic challenges that are temporary. And um, I just have to be brave, right? Just have to be brave and go through the process. I think that sun and Pluto in general could bring some awareness to some of the system, systematic challenges that we go through. Uh, there could be, again, we've been seeing that um, we did have one particular uh, vaccine that was shown to have some adverse side effects that, that weren't acceptable for the scientific community to, to keep administrating it. So again, that's the, some of the exposure of a... Um, of a, some corruption that was festering beneath the surface. Um, and hopefully that will lead to a, some sort of liberation. Uh, this could also be, uh, I don't know, again, in my area, COVID's really, really difficult right now, really bad. We could see the corruption that happens because of the numbers increasing, um, mostly, I, I think, due to a lot of the restrictions in our state being lifted. Um, and Lots of people in my area traveled 
I, I, there was a lot of people that went to warm places over spring break and all of those people are returning and um, bringing with them probably some COVID from different areas. And that, that is concerning. That's concerning to me. And I know that everyone's kind of at the end of their rope with their mental health and staying in one place, but um, it's, it's hard for me to watch that. And um, I don't know, I want to travel too, but I, I, I just feel like we're so close. We're so close to the end of this. If we all kind of just banded together for one final push to get over the finish line, um, I think we can, I think we can do it. And I, I hope that we can come together for some kind of public good. And I've seen lots of arguments. Um, one really great one on the internet, on the internet. <laughs> See, I'm doing it again. But it was more about a philosophical argument about why we should take care of one another and why we should have, you know, public health type of things. And it was a really nice little article about like food service. And if we didn't have certain regulations in the food service, it's like if, if we thought that, we, you know, it, wasn't in alignment with our beliefs to wash our hands or to cook the chicken to a certain uh, temperature. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, if you, you can do whatever you want for your freedom, uh, maybe we can just decide that we don't have to cook the chicken or we don't have to wash our hands. And it's okay if a couple of people get food poisoning, but you're infringing on my belief that chicken needs to be cooked to a certain degree or that, that I, you know, maybe I'm allergic to soap and I don't want to have to, you know, <laughs> wash my hands with soap. I thought it was a really interesting argument. Uh, and I thought that uh, it really, to me, showed me that there are certain things that we put in place to safeguard for um, the common good. And again, this was part of my mini uh, declaration at my New Moon video is that, especially in my country, I feel like uh, some of us really have some trouble uh, giving up individuality or individual you know, what is perceived as freedom for the good of the whole. And again, you will always hear me preach balance and preach temperance, but there has to be some middle ground. You know, we have to be able to maintain our, our individuality in circumstances that require that. We have to be able to give up some of our really, it's not our individuality, it's our desires. We have to be able to give up some of our desires, not our freedoms. I think that's the difference, desire versus freedom. We have to be able to give up some of our personal desires for the common good. And for some people, it's a personal desire to want to be able to go out without your mask into an indoor enclosed space or to go out to eat. It's not a freedom, it's a desire, you know? And if that desire is something that harms your fellow person, then it, it, it's something to really think about. It's really something to meditate on because you wouldn't want to be harmed yourself by someone else's desires harming you. You wouldn't want the desires of the, the person who was cooking your food to make you sick or to, to uh, you know, infringe upon your well-being. And that's, that's really the key to all this to me. Um, and I'm a you know, I'm fairly individualistic in some, in some regards. I, there are certain things that I do not conform to. There are certain communities that I'm like, no, I'm not going to conform to that. I'm doing my own thing and you can, you do your own thing. But, but when it comes to the commons, I think that 
I have a different perspective on that. And, and hopefully I've stated that clearly here. So just be careful that you don't get into power struggles with the sun square Pluto on Friday, that you don't give in to your fear, uh, that you are uh, bringing awareness to the whatever the underbelly of your experience is. Um, this is a time when you could have a temptation to really give in to the dark part of yourself. Uh, I, I have sun square Pluto in my own natal chart. And I can tell you that there are definitely, I'm aware of not only my virtues, but also my vices and my darkness, my shadow. And it takes a lot of mental discipline not to give in to shadow impulses and shadow tendencies or project that out into other people. You know, I, I've had done a lot of, um, I would say, inner, inner work, character building work to be able to deal with that aspect in my chart and to, to continually attempt to choose uh, a more ben benefic uh, expression of that. Uh, you know, it's like going through trials by fire. And you may have the feelings well up in you of fear, of wanting to dominate, of wanting to abduct people <laughs> to your side, okay? Like that's what Hades does. He, he erupts from the underworld and he abducts people. Yeah, so you may be tempted to do that. But in every moment, you have a, a, the choice that you do have is the choice of how you're going to behave and how you're going to act. And even though the feeling wells up in you, it's just a feeling. And you don't have to give in to the feeling. You don't have to give in to the fear. You don't have to give in to the desire to dominate others and to manipulate others or to, um, I don't know, force your will on other people. Every time I've tried to force my will on every, a person, it doesn't turn out very well. Learn that the hard way, you know? So I think that on Friday the 16th, if you're trying to force your will, um, maybe rethink that one and choose, uh, choose peace, choose to live and let live on some level, okay? All right, let's move forward to the 18th. On April the 18th, Sunday, we have an exciting moment. This is when the sun and Mercury become Kazemi at 20, roughly 29 degrees of Aries. We can see in this chart, it says 28 degrees, but it isn't quite at the Kazemi moment. So 29 degrees is an interesting area of this Deccan because it is, it is home to the only, uh, well, not the only, but I would say the most prominent astrologically significant fixed star in the Deccan. And that is called Alresha. And Alresha is a fixed star in the constellation of Pisces. It is the sacred knot or the cord that ties the two fish together, that ties spirit and matter together. So there's a unifying influence. This is where we may have the idea. We may have the awareness that finally brings it all together. And this is the direct superior conjunction of Mercury, where it is moving from previously a morning star into the evening star phase. It is moving very fast. So we may 
we may have some ideas that come at us at a warp speed, especially with it in Aries. And we may have to take action on some of those things. There may be a situation where you have to snap into action right away. Um, Mercury will be still under the beams after the Kazemi moment. So there still may be some things happening behind the scenes, but really pay attention to messages that you receive. I talked about this more in my Mercury video, but wanted to restate it here. Pay attention to the, to the, uh, to the messages you receive on the, the 18th Sunday and recognize that that is uh, one of a seminal moment for what you're going to experience when Mercury escapes the beams uh, a number of days later. Let's go to it just to show you when that's going to happen. Um, so we see here, we're looking for a 15 degree arc of separation. And it's happening right around here, May 2nd to May 3rd. So whatever is seeded for you on the 18th of, of April, you're probably going to see it come to light on May 2nd, okay? May 2nd or May 3rd, all right? And then very shortly after that, a few weeks after that, Venus is going to make her evening rise, is what that's called, after her Kazemi um, moment with the sun. And she is going to be able to, we're going to be able to see the significations of her conjunction. I believe that already happened. So again, some timing for you. Okay. So that's the, those are the aspects that we're experiencing. Those are the those are the inner workings of Spencer's process throughout you know through trying to make a choice in these in these trying times, um, and uh, let's tie it all a bow on it with an I Ching reading because I think that this one really speaks to um, the choice that I was presented with and and my perspective on it. So I'm going to draw this on the screen here. And I'm drawing the hexagram number 45. And this is called gathering, gathering together, assembling, getting our resources together, getting our followers together, uh, getting our shit together <laughs> like so, so that we can make a new start, you know, so we can move forward with our lives. Okay. So, 45 is the combination lake over the earth, and then it's moving to unity, water over the earth. So 45 talks about common cause, common purpose, pitching in. This, this was really poignant uh, for, for my thought process over the last week or so and for um, the, the reading that we're doing here. It says, Hillary Barrett asks, what is asked of you? What are you investing in? Uh, various translations talk about assembling resources for a great project, uniting people through a common goal, inspiring your milieu, getting support for the vision, cooperation on a large scale. Yeah, this is, this is another thing that was very much in favor of me making the choice that I did because, you know, for us to get past this pandemic, it is going to take cooperation on a large scale. Cooperation that we really haven't been used to in the earth age. Remember, we are in a new air age that we started at the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction at the winter solstice of 2020. It is going to require more of a communal effort as we move forward. It was in the sign of Aquarius where sometimes we have to have altruistic perspectives and altruistic actions for the greater good. 
Now, the flip side of that is completely becoming homogenized into a faceless whole, which is a, a legitimate concern. But again, we'll live, we'll live through that and we'll, we'll know and I think we'll understand and we'll keep living through the answers of when, when are we getting too uh, homogenized and versus what is actually necessitated for a common cause. I do think with things like climate change and uh, you know, the, the earth and the oceans, plastics in the ocean, uh, all of this stuff will require a community effort. And I think the pandemic is, is just a very acute version of that, that that says, hey, humanity, it's time to change. It's time to kind of wake up to the way that you've been doing something and it's time for change. And that's all it is. It's change. Um, I know that we fear change, but really when we flow with it, that can be that can be a both an inspiring and a and a you know, stress relieving activity. Now there is a changing line and it's line number four. I didn't put it on there. There it is. Line number four says, quote, great good fortune, no mistake. It says you serve a larger objective and are part of a larger gathering. You don't have exclusive responsibility for the outcome. Okay, that's interesting, isn't it? Sacrifice to the collective vision and you will meet with personal success. Gather with others despite unfavorable conditions. Uh, and so, yeah, this is about coming together for a, a shared purpose and realizing that it, you know, it isn't just up to you. It's up to you and your neighbor and your community and people you live with and the other person, you know what I'm saying? And with the sun and Aries, we may be trying to convince people to, to, to serve the greater good, especially with those aspects with, with Jupiter and Saturn. Okay, that's the kind of the charisma that we might be trying to use to say, this is the good, this is the path, right? Um, without being overly judgmental. And, and I want to stress the gathering with others, despite unfavorable conditions, uh, definitely I'm going to make the caveat that that is still probably masked digitally, socially distanced. I have no plans, even if I'm vaccinated in the next you know, few months or so to get together in person with anybody uh, I, this needs to play out a little bit longer for me to feel comfortable um, rejoining society on that level. Um, it's just, it takes time. You, this has been a traumatic experience for, I think, me and for a lot of people. And um, you spend enough time being vigilant and disciplined. It takes, it's going to take some time to, to get back into the mode where you will be able to trust and be able to um, I don't know. I hate the word go back to normal because it's not going to, there is, we've gone beyond that. There is no normal anymore. This is, there is a new thing we're trying to create and I don't exactly know yet what that is. So I'm just going to kind of do my part for the time being and then, uh, observe for a little while. <laughs> All right. So this is changing to number eight, which is called Unity, union, joining with others, joining in, rallying around a leader. So this, because we might be able to commit to a, high, a higher purpose and, and a collective cause, that will create the unity that we need to move forward, hopefully. Hillary Barrett says, where do you belong? Is this a good fit? Do you choose to join? It says, Secret, seeking union, good fortune, trying to find a sense of belonging. 
the streams that flow together. Okay, this is the water on top of the earth where we have all these streams coming together for, to a common uh, lake or a common pool, right? Uh, it says, building your city near the flow or the river. That, that's interesting. This was part of the translation is about building your community near a, a source of nourishment, a source of prosperity, a source of collective energy, finding your people, finding your land, finding your community. So that may be part of this too, is, is we're probably going to have to make some separations from some people in our life that, that, that don't agree with us if we're going to choose our own path. And that might be painful. Um, but if it's in service of a higher purpose and in a collective goal, um, it may be okay. It's going to work out okay in the end. I wanted to read you one other thing. And this is from uh, this book. I'm going to stop my share for a minute. This is from this book. Animal Frequency by Melissa Alvarez. I like drawing from different sources and I picked an animal for all of you today for this. I thought this was a really great one. I've got the tiger for Aries in uh, the third decan. Um, the sun, the sun in Aries three. I've got the tiger. It says, it says it assists you, the tiger, uh, has talents for beauty, confidence, courage, determination, devotion, doesn't hesitate energy, focus, immediate action, independence, intuition, perseverance, power, sensuality, okay? Uh, the challenges it might represent are being aggressive, antisocial, ferocious, moody, a predator, ruthless, unpredictable. So a tiger will assist you when you need to make plans and carry them out. Tiger knows that in order to be successful, you must prepare a strategy, be persistent, and be able to change course swiftly in order to meet hard-to-attain goals. Tiger gives you the courage to stay the path, the diligence to maneuver around obstacles, and the determination to achieve the desired results. If you're trying to become more attractive to a potential mate, Tiger can rev up your sex appeal. That's interesting because this Deccan is ruled by, uh, it has a diamond associated with Eros, sex appeal, and kind of desire and lust. If your confidence has taken a hit, ask Tiger to help you regain it. If you're feeling caged in, your inner Tiger is roaring to get out. Take time to get away from everyone and everything for a while. You need time to yourself if you're feeling trapped. It's the only way to make the feeling go away, regain balance, and to feel at peace. Okay. So, you know, we're, we're really trying to rev up our charisma. We're trying to, to achieve a long treasured goal, which is to create safety for our communities and to return to some semblance of being able to get together with one another. Um, sometimes we may have to take two steps backwards or, you know, to take one step forward. I don't know. Uh, that could be a possibility as we, we move forward here. Um, we'll see what happens, but I wish all of you uh, a good Aries uh, sun and Aries three time period. Uh, I wish all of you safety and good health and I, I hope that the decisions that you make will bring you a sense of peace and that will relieve some of the tension that you've been feeling with this Mars and Gemini type of experience. And um, I hope that we can all get through this together. I care about you as a community, I care about my, my city, my state, my country, my world, my universe. And um, hopefully I'm, I'm being a good steward for that. And I hope that you will too. So that's what I've got for today. Be, be kind to one another. Uh, be kind to yourself. And, and I will talk to you the next time. Peace, everyone.